I found the new world. It's full of cracked TV screens and kombucha. No one here pretends. So they never use the word please, but all day they repeat thank you. Thank you. Houses here are built from soil, and when the blood starts to boil, we all howl at the moon. Here, every god has a vice, and we dance with the monsters in the room. We celebrate rage like it's a good laugh, because we know you must feel it all to feel any. We don't count pennies, we shine them instead. We shine instead. There's no such thing as a leaderless community. Here we are all leaders in our own expertise. All the clocks are buried out back and each being comes and goes with ease. Sometimes the gods fight and threaten to leave. But we all know no god survives on its own. And in each other's reflection, we have found our home. Home. Welcome to Horpod with the sweet, wonderful, majestic sex goddess, the one, the only Karen Rontowski. Oh my god. And comedian. Yes. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling uh, 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 very good today. I, uh, As you know, I always rave about your readings. So if you have any listeners that haven't gotten a reading yet, Lacey changed my life. Thank uh, you, She Karen. flipped a switch in me that that made me remember who I was. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And your reading was highly sexual, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say the reading was highly sexual. I mean, that sounded really creepy. But it it when it was about that. It was about uh, you know who I am as a sexual person and stuff like that. And it was, I guess, that sounds like a good way to describe it, right? Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Well, so recently you told me that you're tapping into Lilith. Yes. Tell me about that. What does that mean and look like for you? And it, it's funny because you know I do the paranormal stuff, so I'm always like a little. All my friends are like, "You gotta, you gotta channel Lilith," and I'm always a little hesitant because you know, I'm careful on the paranormal side. But I love the story of Lilith, which is that Lilith was Adam's first wife, which you don't hear about. First wives club, not fair. Um, and she <laughs> was an equal, and she was made from the dirt like him. She came from the earth. And then uh, she was very sexual, very dominant. And uh, they literally had an argument of who was going to be on top. And Adam wanted to be on top during sex because it was dominant. And she wanted to be on top. And uh, he got mad. And uh, he called God, or as I say, human resources. That's hilarious. (laughs) And he said, uh, yeah, the new girl's not really working out. She's a little loud. Uh, Her skirt's a little short. Uh, so I say we get a new girl. I'll give you my rib. We can pay her 20% less. Uh, and then Lilith got mad and she said God's name, which she wasn't supposed to. And then God turned her into a demon, right? 
which I joke about this, like, that's so me. But that is so me. Like, fuck everyone. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm a demon now. And then uh, I think God felt bad. He sent three angels. Or uh, I would say they were uh, they had a non-disclosure. They wanted her to sign that she wouldn't go back <laughs> on Adam. But they asked her if she wanted to come back, and she was like, no. So now she's sort of thought of as this demon or this eats children or, you know, something like that. But I I keep watching more and more about it because I want to know. I don't think that's it. And yeah. then, then I found out she's in my eighth house in astrology. And what does that mean? Eighth house is the house of sex. Okay. So she is about, um, which is kind of stuff we talked about. Eighth house, uh, when she's in your eighth house, that's someone who has an obsession with sex. Not like a sex addict or something. And it may be that they're either way out overly sexual or they're pulled back. But they get this energy around them that people want to steal and control, which is actually I have had. I remember last time we talked about stalkers and stuff. Yeah. People want want it, but they don't want it for love, so they have to be very careful. Also, that would be my biggest house of rejection, because she was rejected. So she's all about rejection. So like sexual rejection is like death to me. That's so interesting. On one hand, you feel like you're being stalked for your sexual power and people trying to take your sexual power. And then at the same time, they're trying to read or they are rejecting your sexual power. To me, that's such a play of power. Like the best way for or a way for a predator to have power over you is to like siphon your power but also making you feel like your power is impotent so then rejecting your power too does that make sense wow yeah 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 so like at the same time it's like trying to take it but make you feel like maybe you're not good enough or sexual enough or whatever the enough is and that's a way that they can cipher more of it wow because if you're like oh i'm fucking sexual and fucking powerful it's a lot harder for a predator to take that power yeah a good man will take that power or he'll he'll enhance it yeah and he won't take it will like regenerate you know but the best way to like regenerate power is to uplift people in their power so be like you are so beautiful Mm -hmm. you are so amazing and then that heightens your power which you give some of that to them and they feed it back into you so it's more cyclical cyclical i like that i don't know if any of that makes sense (laughs) it did it made total sense that's what that's what you want around you. Yeah. And I think it's also important to like where our biggest insecurities lie are most beautiful powers. So you had like rejection around it, mm-hmm. but it's also like your most beautiful one of your most beautiful powers. Yeah. It's in, in your help what you're reading helped me figure that out and bring it to the forefront and sort of deal with it in a way I hadn't dealt with it. Yeah. Dealt with it for years. And um, she's also so she's a little bit of the freak. Yeah. Right? And and she's also, when she's in a man's chart, this is what it was interesting. She's always a woman. So when she's in a woman's chart, she's that woman. But when she's in a man's chart, that's the woman that gets under his skin that he can't say no to or he can't understand it or he can't let her go. And so that's always interesting to see. So if you're a man with Lilith and Leo, I'm your girl. How? <laughs> and how do they find you? Yes. Instagram? <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's so cute. And sometimes Bumble when I don't delete the app. 
why'd you delete it this time i was well i was working on my special to tape in october yeah. although i don't know when this is coming out but um and I was obsessed with it. Like I, I, it does become addictive. It does. And there was one particular guy that I was like, and he kind of disappeared. But I have a feeling if he's supposed to be there, he'll come back again. Totally. Yeah. I love that you're bringing up Lilith. I have so many feelings around Lilith. Really? Yeah. And recently, um, I've been listening to a podcast called The Hidden Gin. Oh yeah, somebody sent that to me. Really. Um, yeah, I've been driving all over the country recently and I just listened to it on the go and I didn't really know about gin and I'm learning that I didn't like, I know of magical creatures, but I don't know of the history and all the stories that each creature represents, mm-hmm. but I, a lot of people believe that Lilith is the mother of the gin. That's interesting. Um, I always find it it's kind of fascinating that Jin and that actually may be true that Jin and Faye almost can like they're almost interchangeable sometimes. Yeah, that's what they were making it sound like on that podcast is that they were sort of interchangeable. You know, someone sent me that podcast and I haven't listened yet. And if you listen to my podcast, you probably heard me tell this story twice, but this is really bizarrely what happened exactly when someone sent that to me. So anybody that knows me knows I always talk about Tommy. Tommy's my demonologist. And he's sort of my paranormal guru. Yeah. Where, um, because when we do deal with darker stuff, he's always teaching me caution. Don't do that. You know, stay away from that. So um, I sent him that podcast. And he said, I don't know what you sent me, but I couldn't open it. So my guides blocked it. And I was like, oh. There was part where I'm like, ooh, am I letting darkness in by even listening Um, to this? I don't think so. But here, I'll tell you that. That why it's different in a second. So I had had, when I did an ayahuasca trip one time, they showed me two people. They showed me an Indian woman and an African-American man. And they said, that's you. And I said, oh, that's my past life. They said, no, that's you. I remember the Indian woman. I remember her face. I know what she looks like. And I said, oh, because there's no time. And they said, no, that's you, as though I'm three consciousnesses on earth at this wow. time. And so I had a client. This is, I think this is three years ago that happened. And she was having trouble with her husband. And her husband, she thought he was possessed at night. And I was like, no, it's not that. And then I saw a magician. And it was his other consciousness. And his other consciousness was aware of him and was trying to get into him when he was drinking. And it was, so he was, and when I'm telling her this, I said, this is so weird. He can see me, right? So a few weeks later, I send Tommy that. And then this place, which has a tendency to get haunted, started to get strangely haunted and I called Tommy and I said well Jin are in they're everywhere people are talking about them someone called me and was saying they were a liaison for Jin and he goes wait a minute did you piss off a magician (laughs) and I was like I go no of course I didn't and then I he told me he goes and this is the thing if you worried about it they don't like anise so you get anise or star of anise incense Mm -hmm. burnt it in here place goes quiet it's so real. I love that. I have some in my like underwear drawer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I carry it in my bra sometimes. I drink it sometimes, yeah. but I don't currently have it on me. And I, I have some should. star you can take with you. I bought a whole bunch of star of anise, and I have incense, and I flip my incenses that I burn 
But he, it's amazing how much he knows. And he was like, did you? And I was like, no, of course. What? what? Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, actually, it looks like it may, I might make necklaces out of it. It's kind of pretty. It's so cool. I love it. And I love how it smells. Yeah. Do you think all Jen are bad? No. But I, that's in the same way Faye are. Yeah. Is I think they have a different, um, different way of thinking. In other words, like, I think sometimes the problem with Faye are, we make a deal and like that's how it works and thank you and i'll see you later and they're like no 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 you gave us some we're coming back for more so it's a touchy a touchy um thing it's anytime you're dealing with that invisible world but one of my favorite stories about Jin was about an american soldier that was in um i don't know why he was in an apartment but he was in an apartment and i don't know what it was either afghanistan or iraq or somewhere and um in the mornings at, at 5.30 or 6 a.m., something started rattling all the pots in the kitchen, and then it would stop. And then it would the next day, the same thing, rattling the pot, and someone said, oh, that's the gin, it's Ramadan. Is it Ramadan? And, yeah. they, and he's trying to say, you need to eat now before the sun comes up. Wow. So that was one of my favorite stories. But I feel like they're, um, they are like Faye, where I would prefer to be very careful. Yeah. Can you describe Faye for me? Uh, well, fairies are sort of, um, I'm kind of obsessed with fairies. <laughs> because somebody, in fact, hopefully this this comedy special will be out soon. And it's going to be called uh, Captain of the Orion Interplanetary Army. That's and, so good. <laughs> and um, so Faye are, they're not quite elemental spirits, but they fall somewhere between there. They were fallen angels that kind of got stuck. Yeah. But there's, like I showed you, there's a fey encyclopedia. They're everything from brownies to elves. And some of them are malicious. Some of them are not. But they're almost like there's so many different. There's like a, there's some that every apartment has a fairy. Okay. Wow. Every apartment, every house has a fairy. So, so they're, you know, that's why an apartment might not like one family that's there, but might like the other. Um, I believe it's brownies that will tidy up your apartment. But, I need them. I know. <laughs> but if they, if you start moving stuff around, they become furious and they go the opposite. So they're sort of these beings that are always there that they do all different things. They have all sorts of skills. Some people really work with them, but because I'm on that paranormal side, I've seen the dark side of them. I was on a investigation once and literally what the fairy did, we couldn't figure out what was in this house. I'm talking to my friend, and she says, I heard with fairies, if you throw rice on the floor, they go away because they have to pick it up. Wow. <laughs> and then it must have made the fairy mad because as she's talking on the tape, it's her voice saying something different. So it's two of her talking at once, and it was the fae mimicking her voice and wow. kind of like trying to throw us off. I just look at humans lately and I'm like, oh, fuck, none of you are actually <laughs> humans. Do you feel like Faye and Jen can take like human form and we might like go on a date with them and think that they're a human? Um, I think that is absolutely possible. Or I did have a deal with someone, uh, a Middle Eastern guy who had a Jen attached to him, but not yeah. a good one. 
And Courage, my dog, went bananas. Like, you know, Courage doesn't even bark. Yeah. And Courage could not stand this guy in this house. He, wow. he was so furious. Um, but I do think, I think they can. And also, here's the strange thing that's happening. So, you know, I had the bad, I had a fairy get attached to me. It was a very negative thing, and I had to get it removed, and it was a big deal. It made me very angry and sad. Everything I do seems to surround around Faye. Um, That's interesting. It, I, I interviewed a kitchen witch, and I was like, I like maple, and I like dillweed, and I like vanilla, and I like cinnamon. And she goes, wow, you like all fairy food. <laughs> and I was like, what? So if someone calls me, and they're like, angel, 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 angel. I see angels everywhere, da-da-da, angel. They're the angel. Mm-hmm. And if someone calls me and they're like, there's a monster and a monster and like these monsters, I'm like, oh, you're part of the monster realm. And it doesn't mean that it's bad. Right. And it doesn't mean you're bad. And even though there are some fairies that are trickstery in darkness, you do have a darkness. There mm-hmm. is a darkness about you. And there's a Lilith. Lilith was dark. And you are, there's a Lilith about you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'm so... Um, seduced by the dark side yeah and uh, which is probably why i do paranormal stuff um and yeah when she said that about the food i thought there's way more going on here than i realize totally so um and then also they they i think they love my plants i think they're um they're around here for my plants (laughs) it's so interesting you're the first person i heard talk about fairies as like complete darkness and not that you say complete darkness but you show the darker side of them where i'm like oh fairies are beautiful (laughs) fairies are wonderful well it's funny because i think i've had three podcasts in a row where people and one of them was this um i love this guy he wrote all the books i recommend his name is chris penzak and he runs the um wicked pagan church yeah and he is not well this is weird Not, not only was he talking about the positive side of fairies and how fairies had led him to where he was? Yeah. But I believe, no, it was something, I thought I was going to say, I believe he had someone that channeled Lilith, but it was Hecate. But yeah, so people do it in the positive. Like I say, my training came from the paranormal, right. where you're dealing with mostly negative. I feel like the positive side is being fed to me. Yeah. Um. What... It's so interesting because you you have such a bright energy about you. You have such a beauty and such a like a gorgeous smile and like you radiate so much light. So when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm into the dark stuff, it's like almost hard to believe like on the surface level. But then you can tap into your energy and you feel this like this dark feminine, this force this deepness that is sexual and is darkness and a little bit deviant although i have to say i had a friend that interviewed me and asked me what deviant was and i don't know that i know because i don't it's yeah like i don't know what's bad if people are consenting then what's deviant you know that's such a deviant way to put it (laughs) i love that though no yeah if people are consenting and the idea that people just want good and flow isn't the truth. We we want to feel enticed, be interested. We love the mystery. People love the darkness. That's why we go to horror movies. That's why we want to know mm-hmm. the ghost stories. Mm-hmm. I, I interview a uh, reverend that writes horror stories. 
That and is so cool. He's so amazing. His name is Peter Laws. And um, he talks and writes articles about fear, about how we like fear. And it's, you know, also, I, I had some friends that they would always say they're all about the light. And I think they're finally getting, that's not even real. If you can't say, I have a dark side or I have a deviant side, right. then you don't know who you are. Right. And you're just squishing it and it's going to come roaring back. Yeah. And <laughs> like I, Lilith. I can only, like, I see you as such a fairy right now. <laughs> like a sexual, but like comic fairy you know because like to me comedy has a deviant element oh yeah because anarchy yeah anarchy you have to be able to tell the hard truths Mm -hmm. you have to be able to kind of make fun of other people's truths and like bounce around in it yep yep (laughs) and i always say that comedy i always was amazed because in hollywood comedy can get clicky Right. Which I was like, that's not who we are. We're anarchists, which whether you're talking about TV commercials that don't make sense or the entire world that doesn't make sense, it's about uh, George Carlin had this wonderful joke where he said uh, the audience was going nuts for him and he was like, Dad, ah, you don't really like me. And they were like, no, we love you. And he's like, nah. He goes, even if the whole world is destroyed and there's six guys left, there'll be another one to replace me. And you'll know it because it's the one guy that when they start to rebuild, just starts going you're not doing that right. And I thought that's a common job. You're not doing that right. I'm not doing that right. That kind yeah. of thing, you know? Well, I've never looked at comedy as someone being like, you're not doing that right. Yeah. And sort of like making fun of it. Yeah. I love it. Or it's like, I'm not doing that right. And then, you know. Yeah. And I think it's so dope that you're relating comedy to anarchy. Oh, yeah. I yeah. just want to, like, hug you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a big anarchist hug. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not doing it. That's like anything. What did Groucho Marx say? I don't want to be a member of any club that... I don't want to belong to any club that would have me as a member. Yeah. It's so real. Yeah. And to me, anarchy is stepping into the idea that you are a god. Mm. That you are creating the reality. And in comedy, you get on stage and you create everyone's reality for your set. And I, I love, love that. that. It <laughs> plays with it. It's so good. It's funny because, you know, I have friends that say people could, other comics couldn't say what you say. Other comics couldn't go up and go, You're, I'm the captain of the Orion Interplanetary Army. But he goes, but you do it. And everybody's like, of course she is. Yeah, of course she is. Of course she is. <laughs> oh, it's so good. When you were little, did you feel connected to the darkness at all? Did you feel ghosts? Did you feel spirits? What did that look like? Um, You know, a lot of my childhood is not there, but there is a very specific memory of talking to uh, an imaginary friend named Ben. Interesting. And I still believe that's my guide now. I still call him that. Uh, And I believe he looks like the emperor in the tarot deck. And uh, anytime I've said that, guys are always like, oh, he likes that. He likes that. He looks like that. And he's always got a book open. But I had a, I don't remember seeing, uh, seeing anything as a kid. I did have psychic experiences, um, which were great. But I was, I always feel like, I always say this about comics, and I kind of feel like uh, spirit or readers or psychics, they're born, they're not made. Yeah. Like, the more damage that is kind of done to you kind of breaks down your boundaries. I see, when I see people that are have been um, really damaged, I always think, that person's going to be really psychic. They're really going to know. Totally. And I took a parapsychology class, and they talk about how 
uh, in the brain, psychic ability and being neurotic are connected. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's knowing things that other people don't know or tell you aren't there. But I feel like it is the trauma that makes the, you know, the bad boundaries or the empathy that makes people more psychic and more open to this world. Yeah. And empathy. A lot of people who I talk to who touch on empathy, they're like, well, I'm empathetic, but I shut it off. And they like feel bad about shutting it off. And it's like, no, shut it off. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a break of that. To be too empathetic is to like wreak disease onto your body, to wreak havoc into the realm and that we should shut it off. Yes. Um, I also have like, I was listening to Joe Rogan driving to LA recently and he was like, psychics are evil. If you got to pay a psychic, that's evil. And I was like, well, I don't really consider myself a psychic, but I'm like, oh no. (laughs) Ever since I've come out of like the magic closet, there's still this fear is like, is this bad? Is it bad to do this work? And now I feel so lucky because I'm friends with so many readers. Mm -hmm. I feel like Jess has started like this collective of readers Mm -hmm. or people who are already doing it, but now we're just like gathered together. What do you think about that? Do you think that it's evil at all? Because he's like, they tap into your grandma or your great aunt. They're like, everyone knows that, you know? I'm like, oh, no, Joe Rogan. I want to give you a reading, Joe Rogan. (laughs) Well, I feel that way about John Oliver. John Oliver went off on one that I don't watch them anymore because they don't know. They got some tapes of psychics that did, that weren't doing it. But yeah. uh, and Joe Rogan's got it. First of all, mediums talk to the dead. Psychics predict the future. Right. Um, but I feel like I don't get. To me, that from him comes from a place of fear. Like I'm not going to admit that's a thing. Um, you know, if people knew who I re- read for, which I read for some, uh, you know chop chief of staff for senators and yeah you know i don't understand the fear in that or that it's evil unless you're talking about a gypsy here's the thing people think it's a fraud if they and i have to say it's too hard to build a following to be a fraud like i have built my business not by being a fraud or being wrong but by you know encouraging and being like hey if i get it wrong you get your money back or if someone is going through something and i'm kind of unsure i'll go i'm gonna give you an extra 15 minutes call me in three months because i'm not here to rip anybody off but i am here to make a living because if you want me to work 40 hours a week and then not really have time for the people that want a reading then that doesn't serve anyone. Yeah. Um, And I feel like so much of reading is just holding space for healing. Yes. Like you just did a card reading for me before we started this podcast. And I was like, oh, I'm getting some healing right now. Mm -hmm. And it's not even so much like it was helpful because you gave me some insights of timelines in the future. But I felt like what was more helpful is like you saw me, you saw like, a relationship I'm in and could look at it from a, from other eyes yeah. and just having those other eyes and that holding space you were tapping into things that other people can't tap into just if they were to hang out with me and that person I've been in a relationship with they're not going to fully see that right. but you have your cards and your intuition and you can tap into all sides and I'm like oh my I feel more grounded now 
I feel more healed now. And validated too. Yeah. And to validate someone is to offer healing, I really think, if it comes from an authentic place. Right. You know, I'm surprised that Joe would, because he's so into DMT and all that stuff, that he would be closed-minded. Although, there's a lot of, like, the female comedians are are sort of in a in an uproar now. Or, and he's not exactly, I wouldn't say he hates women, but he can be very hard on women. And that psychic is always related to the female side, which I think he's right. a little afraid of his female side. Yeah. But all, or black magic or, you know. Um, yeah, it's really interesting listening to that episode because he said, you know, that psychics are kind of like bad or that's like evil shit to like pay someone for that. And then he, in the same breath, he was saying that people, there are people who are highly intuitive. We can hear each other's thoughts. We can feel each other's feelings. So I'm like, hmm, which one is it? But I totally agree because he has a lot about him not being connected to his divine feminine. I didn't mean to psychoanalyze oh, Joe no, Rogan no. during and, but, this but episode. It's, a, it's actually something I'm trying to write a joke about too because people also expect psychics to be perfect. And if they're not, you're a fraud. Right. And it's like nobody's perfect at their job. And there's other timelines. You do the best you can. but um, And psychics need psychics. Mm-hmm. Like healers need healers. Like I don't know that I'm psychic, but I do, but I do know I'm an intuitive healer, and I need other intuitive healers. And just because I'm an intuitive healer doesn't mean I don't do some fucked up shit. <laughs> you know? Oh, and I absolutely <laughs> believe you're psychic. I mean, it's yeah. all in the same package. It's just when right. we change our words and yeah. actions. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's still scary for me to use the psychic word. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> and well, people say to me, "Are you a tarot reader or a psychic?" And I'm like, "Well, they're kind of the same. A psychic might disagree, but." I'm I'm against all of the, um, you know, I have medium friends that always say, well, mediums can be psychics, but psychics can't be mediums. And I'm like, anybody can be anything. So totally. let's not start a hierarchy of who's better. Yeah, and I think it's like a tool belt. And I yeah. think we're all carrying a tool, tool belt and have different tools in our belt. So I'm not a medium, but sometimes when I'm tapping into someone's energy field, I can feel a spirit talking to them. Mm-hmm. And it's more like it's their power as a mediumship, and I'm just picking up on their power. So, like, I can feel that. I think that came up in your reading, didn't it? Something about mediumship, or did it not? It may have. I'm working on that. I would like to, uh, I'd like to add, I'd like develop that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd love to, actually, the ultimate would to be to help the, them find lost children or stuff like that. Yeah. That would be the ultimate. I don't ever be that good. I reached out to a lady that did that. It's so hard. It's so when I was still avoiding doing anything psychic and I was like 17, 18 and I had just moved to Denver by myself and a kid had gone missing Mm. and everyone was talking about it in the news and I lived with a roommate who was definitely tapped into some psychic shit, but she grew up super Christian and like hated it and kind of hated me for it and so we were both trying to ignore it and then one night we both had a dream of where the kid was wow and i came to her and i told her and she was like i dreamt it too and then like two weeks later they found the kid Mm. and we didn't like tell anyone because you know i was just like young and scared and afterwards i was like okay universe i don't ever want to do this fucking shit again Mm. like it's (laughs) so scary to me and it's so much pressure and I don't want to talk to dead people. Like, I don't believe dead is just dead. I think they're living in another dimension. 
but it's like I'm barely um, <laughs> taking all my herbs every day, holding space for babies and sex workers <laughs> and like having sex of my own. Yeah. Like I can't handle dead people too. See, I'm so, I can't wait till I figure out what that looks like. Um, Well, you know, it's funny too, because this thing that psychic is evil, it goes all, I believe it goes right back to church, which was, you know, the idea of religion was if you control their sexuality, you will control them. So you're only going to sleep with this one person and you're going to have kids and that's it. Um, And the next generation is going to get that better. But it's like, I even looked into Islam. Islam believes if you're predicting the future, you're dealing with um, jinn. Uh, So you're not welcome in Islam. You're not welcome in the Catholic Church, which is amazing because the Catholic Church has a patron saint of psychics and mediums. And when I was a little kid, everyone made fun of me because I walked around and I would say, Busagasabus. That was my word, Busagasabus. <laughs> so the patron saint of psychics and mediums is named Agabus. Wow. Wow. Very little information you can find about him. I've been searching everywhere, but even the church talks about uh, St. Agabus. So if you think it's it's bad, why did you give us a patron saint? Right. So much of religion is colonization, right? Mm. It's you have to believe in this one God or this one thing. Yep. And I think to know the psychic power is to know that you are God. And when I say you're God, it's like you are the universe. The universe is reflecting you. That you have an effect on the universe. The universe has an effect on you. And when you know that, it's very hard to give up your money, Mm -hmm. your energy, and your devotion to something outside of yourself. I think to be psychic or even to work with psychic powers is to feed that devotion into your own body. Yeah, and I think people um, misunderstand their intuitive and psychic powers. When you see those guys on the stock market that will tell you they're not intuitive, they're money intuitive. Their money. I have a guy who I do readings for, and he works in crypto, and he works in the stock market, and he's so intuitive, and he's one of my favorite person people to do readings with. Because he's right there, right in line. He's right there, and there's this idea that you can't be working with money and be a psychic, or you can't be a masculine and be in the masculine realm and thriving in it and still connected to your powers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. And he's, he's not a white person. So I think there's like lineage magic within that too. And actually he's not the only one. As soon as I said, he's not a white person. I have multiple people of color who, who are working in that realm of money who have called me for readings. And I'm like, how do you even find me? This is so what I feel blessed just being able to talk to them. Mm -hmm. But talking about going back to Joe Rogan, there is something about his divine feminine because he's also so worried about trans people. Oh, is he is in a is he worried that there's something wrong with them, or he's worried they're he's homophobic, or? Um, I think some people have called him transphobic, and that he has some transphobic tendencies, or maybe is transphobic. I don't. I haven't listened to him enough to know. It kind of felt like that from things I heard. And when I heard him talking about it, I'm like, oh, you're scared of the part of you that is feminine. Ah, I bet that's it. You're so scared that there might be a part of you that's so hugely feminine 
that you might totally be feminine. You know, I think he's afraid if he taps into it, he will become like a girl. Well, you know, he he's really, um, you know, one of the tapes that I saw was him and another guy and making fun of female comedians, and we made them blow us for stage time. And, and um, that is so, it's just, it's so abusive, and the way they laughed at it, that would be them so afraid of their feminine side. Yeah. And I, does he have kids? Does Joe Rogan have kids? Daughters, I believe. See, I don't know how men can... Um, I think a, when men are in touch with their feminine side, they they understand you're talking about your daughter. You're, when you talk about women, you're talking about that person that you brought into this world that you love so much. Yeah. Andy's talking about himself because yeah. he always goes on and on about how his daughter took a picture of him recently. And I say always, I just listened to him a lot <laughs> while I was driving here. And he like freaks out about this filter that made him look like a girl. And he's um. like, I can't believe it. I can't believe how real that was, how real that was. And it's like what we're afraid of, I feel like we're also attracted to. Yeah. And I think there's something that, on a bigger scale, I think we're all playing with this in a way. Like, there's a lot of fears coming up for people. But it's interesting to watch what our fears are because it's also kind of what we want in mm-hmm. a way. And I'm not saying Joe Rogan wants to be a girl. But I feel like somewhere in there he's pushing it away because he wants to be connected to that deeper divine feminine within himself. Which I always also interpret as compassion. Yeah. Like that, you know, it's funny because in the tarot, there's two cards that sit next to each other. The chariot is seven and the strength card is eight. And the chariot is male power, aggressive male power. And the strength card is female power and it's compassion. And it's literally her closing the mouth of a lion. Like just this compassionate, um, uh, you know, I don't have to overtake you. I'm just going to close your mouth. yeah. Yeah. Or the one that the story of removing the thorn from the lion's paw. And it's female power and it's a gentleness, you know, it's almost, and sometimes I do relate it to a seductive gentleness, like, and this was sort of, this is some of the stuff that from your reading, there were things that I, um, that I realized I wasn't doing that are not seductive as in, I want you to sleep with me, but are seductive in a way of like, um, having compassion for a male that's complaining and instead of like joking with them which is comedian's first thing being like god that feels terrible you you know are you okay kind of showing that side and it seductive is i mean that in a in a good way or just like holding space for them or holding their hand or not 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 just somebody that gives them some compassion that they don't always get yeah i think that's so beautiful and there's so much you can draw on with sexual energy besides sex. Sex, yeah. And I think you've been using your sexual energy because you're a great manifester. Yeah. And <laughs> like, and you have been. And I think you are able to manifest through this sexual energy whether or not you are having sex at the moment. Right. Sex is so much bigger than the physical act of sex. Sex is creation energy. So whatever we're trying to create in our world, it stems from that attraction energy, right? Mm-hmm. Manifestation is just attraction. Attraction is sexual. Yep. 
even if we're not thinking about sex. Right, right. And and I think we talked, I don't know if where you and I, maybe we talked about this on the podcast, Mine, that you did, that you broke all the records. <laughs> I love talking. Uh, you you have such sweet people. Oh, I know. I know. My, my my fans are so great. And But here's what's weird. A lot of people saw Sex Magic, a lot of comedians that don't listen to my podcast, and they tuned in. I don't know if they were just curious or what, and they got a lot out of it like they didn't expect. Like, I don't know if they thought they were going to make fun of it or something like that. But yeah. we talked about how males are in need of compassion right now totally i love the image you said of the feminine like gently closing the lion's mouth the the lion's mouth needs to be closed right now (laughs) but with love yeah with love men it's wild how often love isn't brought into sex Mm -hmm. or we get so logical about love like oh can I love the dude I'm fucking right now because we've only been dating for like two weeks and can I say I love you yeah I I don't want to make him uncomfortable I don't want to seem needy or we've been together for three years so like he knows I love him right so there's just all this energy around it I believe in sacred one night stands do you know if we talked about that we did not okay so There's this idea of that you have to have some sort of logical signed commitment to be able to like have loving sex. But I believe we can love any being at any time. Yeah, any moment. So even if it's just a one night stand, even if you're meeting someone just to have sex, you can still tap into their chakras and read their energy and give love to different parts of their body. I don't know that we realize that we can give pour our love into someone even before sex. So you can like stimulate the different chakras. You can stimulate the heart by stimulating the nipples, kissing that part. And you don't I you don't have to say I love you because those words do scare people. Right. And you don't actually have to logically love them and you don't have to ever talk to them again. But you can practice being a sexual healer by putting that healing and energy into them if it feels right in your body if it doesn't feel safe or they're feeling weird or you got some red flags then don't do it but if so often I see women who just want to love they want to love but they're like oh how will I be perceived and I'm like just try the loving part you know it's funny and I'm past the the perceived but I'm not past I've had let's say friends with benefits who were who didn't get just be nice do you know what i mean like i'm not asking for you for anything to be nice and kind and gentle and they weren't like so i'm still in that trying to figure out the signals so you're saying like the guys wouldn't just be nice no they couldn't just be kind or you know you can tell me that i'm beautiful and that doesn't mean i uh, you asked me to marry you right like the walls the boundaries were so um, huge, huge, and you know what's so funny? I was telling you because I deleted my um, my Bumble app because I was getting there's you know everybody that I wanted to moved over to my phone number, so that's okay. But there was one guy that um, it's so funny because I missed a trigger with him, and he was so interesting, and he was Persian from England, and he was from Harvard, and he was unbelievably educated. And so we connected, and he started leaving audio messages. And what I didn't 
what I get now that I didn't get them because then I left him some audio messages and then he kind of ghosted me. But four times in these messages, he said he was just looking to make connections with people. And I didn't feel like he was saying, I'm just trying to make friends or I'm just trying to have sex because he was pretty blatant about that stuff. So I don't think, um, he wasn't blatant in a bad way, but even his profile was pretty, you know what I mean? It was pretty uh, explicit maybe. And I always thought how you and I talked about on my podcast about how men want that connection. Um, but I thought if I had been more in tune, I would have picked up on that word. Yeah. What does that word mean to you? Uh, to me, it can mean exactly what you're saying about um, it can be loving one night stand, a sacred one night stand. It can be making a connection with another person in their soul that right. doesn't have to be forever. We don't have to be soulmates forever. Yeah. And forever is fucking exhausting. Uh, it, it is. <laughs> it is. It's too much work. Yeah. I shouldn't be talking because I've been <laughs> sleeping with the same person on and off for 10 years. Well, oh, there's something God. there that is needs to play out. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. But you are so fucking divine oh i love you lacy <laughs> i'm so thankful for you and i you know i was scared to come to la because everyone's like it's so apocalyptic and the world is ending oh. in this darkness and it's and, a beautiful place and i'm here and i've only seen smiles i like this i didn't know how it would be with the fires but it doesn't seem to be like as bad as i thought I came from Colorado, though, and I could not breathe there. I think the fires are going that way. It's here, but it's uh, drifting out. Yeah. In Colorado, the sun was like a blood red, and it felt like blood was dripping from the sun, and the moon was red at night. And here, I don't know, maybe I'm just happy about the ocean and the blue skies, but it felt good. People talk so bad about L.A. I love L.A. This is, I supposedly live in a bad neighborhood, but I'm glad we have this reputation because everyone wants to know everyone else and everybody's friendly and it's the most diverse place I've ever lived. And uh, it is beautiful. There's, I'm looking out your windows right now and there's tons of plants. Yeah, there's yeah. beauty wherever you, wherever you look. Yeah. Can I ask you real quick a huge question? Sure. What do you feel about November and December uh, energetically? I think it's... I think the country is going to go through what it's supposed to go through. And I joke with my clients and I say to them, uh, get all your toilet paper in October. Um, and I, I'm i actually kind of, this is where you're getting into my dark side. I'm ready to fight. Yeah. Um, and I'm. that's why I've stayed in L.A. And I know everybody kind of flocked and left. And if you have kids, stay in your house. But I have nothing to lose. And I think I... I think I'm ready. I, we're, I'm ready for this. This is going to be the other side of it's going to be good. But we chose the violent path, not the easy one. And it's it's um, it's going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. I feel so many chills hearing that in my body. I think you are such a warrior, a sex goddess warrior, but also this vigilant warrior of darkness and light. And I feel like somebody once described me as having a fierce sense of justice, and i that's what I believe. Me too. That makes me crazy. And it's funny because I was watching the, um, you know, they're talking to that judge that they want to confirm, and I was like, she looks like a nice lady. And I don't want to, you know, I, I think I kind of like the phrase, um, somebody said, um, 
what is indifferent is the enemy of hate, but it's also the enemy of love. Right. And I feel like I want to be able to acknowledge that that's a good person that thinks differently than me, but there's another force out there. I think it's going to be those militias and those white supremacists and people that we are surprised sided with them are siding with them. And that's yeah. where we need to, the system needs to implode. Right. Yeah. Hopefully it's less than I'm thinking, but. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it will be less. Yeah. I think it will be a massive death mm-hmm. energy. And only in death does rebirth come, but mm-hmm. we're not at the rebirth yet. And 2020 is a numerological four, and the death card is 13, which is a numerological four. So we are in the death card. Yeah. The end of stagnation. Let's right. bring it on. Let's fix it. Yeah. The end of stagnation is the end of disease. Yeah. And the body's stagnation is disease. So we're getting healthy. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking to me. Anytime. I love you so much. (laughs) And for letting me be in your home and for the amazing reading. Where can people find you? Which Uh, everybody already knows. (laughs) Nobody doesn't know you who's listening to this. uh, They can always find me at KarenRontowski.com or ParanormalKaren.com. And everything you need is there. If you want a reading, if you want comedy, if you want to take a tarot class, it's all there. And please sign up for my email list because I might be coming to your city to tell some jokes. Yeah, and I want to say, too, I feel inspired by you in multiple ways. And one of the ways is that I see that you're, like, blossoming right now. And you're, like, physically glowing. But even though we're in the death card, your career is going amazing, right? Like, your comedy is going amazing. It's like you're so creative, even in this energy. And you're such a divine healer in this energy. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, it's the time... It's the, um, somebody said, I think I'm an indigo, which we are the ones that were supposed to go, no, the church is wrong. We're, we're, of course they're psychic. Of course there's this. And then the next generation, they're the real light, light workers that will bring that vibration up. So I'm just knocking down things. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, darling. Bye. If you want to book a reading with me, go to LaceyFree.com and you can book a superpower reading or a sex magic reading or a holographic healing session. If you liked this episode of Horpod, please like, subscribe, and leave me a review. You can find me on Instagram at LaceyIsFree or you can hit me up at LaceyFree.com. I can't wait to hear from you. Mwah!